Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Let me read a scripture and then I need to pray for my own sake. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3 to 9. I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. I want to talk about peace at work today, but let me pray. Father God, I thank You that, Lord, You want to download into us, You want to update us, You want to give us everything that we need to live a life of victory and purpose. So even now in this moment, Lord God, I ask that each and every one of us would prepare our hearts to receive, whether we're catching this message online in whatever state or place we are, whether we're here present in the room. Father God, we make ourselves available to You. And we ask that, Lord, You would take us, work in us and out of us, Your goodness, Your grace, and ultimately today, Your peace in Jesus' Name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. This teaching comes from one of the most significant portions in the entire Bible out of Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus brings, I believe, a summary of what it means to be a follower of Christ. That this teaching, broken down, gives us a recipe for life in the Kingdom of God. And it's significant that Jesus introduces a term in this teaching, the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be known as the sons of God. So what is a peacemaker? I don't know about you, but if you look around to the world around us to define what peace is or what a peacemaker is, I think that we would be set up for a false reality. Because I'm convinced that the type of peace that Jesus is talking about here in this portion of Scripture, and in fact, the entire Scripture unpacks for the journey of Genesis to the book of Revelation is a different type of peace entirely. It's a type of peace that allows us to experience the goodness of God this side of eternity. And so this peace is not to be confused with how the world would define peace. See, too often the world would define peace as the absence of conflict. But I want to say to you today that the peace of God is not pacifism, is not a pulling back, is not a, 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 a fear of confrontation. Instead, the peace of God allows us to confront issues and scenarios in compassion and love. It is not ignorance. It is pressing into reality and saying, I will not run from this fight. But instead of fighting with people, we look for the best possible good that God has available. That is a peacemaker in the Kingdom of God. A peacemaker is not somebody who lives by the rule of avoidance at all costs. We are never instructed in Scripture to run from issues. In fact, you read the accounts of the great men and women of faith and you see that they persevered for great trials and temptations and testings by pressing into what God has available. Instead of running from in avoidance, they ran to, to see God move. 
Peacemaking does not mean appeasement at all costs. Never does the idea of peace at any price prop up in Scripture. Peace in Scripture is not about making everyone happy. It's about inviting people to experience the best God has available now. What is peace? Peace making in the Scriptures is not accommodation of issues. Instead, the peace of God allows us to get above the issues, to bring into our places of work, home, what God has desired for people to thrive. So grace covers, but God's peace repairs. I want to talk about having peace at work. We've been talking through this series of Jesus in the marketplace. We've been working through what it means to have Jesus in relationships. And I'm so mindful today that like never before, the people of God need to be people who are peacemakers in every environment we find ourselves. Whether today you're clocking on and clocking off and going into a workplace environment where there's potentially attitudes and characters that may rub you the wrong way. Where today you are establishing and pioneering a business venture and you're constantly coming up against the resistance and the attacks of the enemy that would seek to pull you back and hold you back. You are called to be a peacemaker to see God's victory reign. Whether today, right now, you are desperately crying out to God for the next opportunity. You are called to experience the peace that God has available now so you can press into the victory He has set up for you. Whether right now you're desperately crying out for God at peace at home, whether it's in vital relationships, whether it's with children or spouses, significant others, whether it's with family, whether it's friends, that peace is available that is not about compromise, that is not about ignorance, that is not about turning away from issues, but it's about confronting in compassion, grace and love to see the goodness that God has available now. You are called to be a peacemaker. When Jesus talked about peacemaking, He took this term that existed in the Old Testament and He brought it into the reality of the day where the idea of peace in the Scriptures Again, doesn't mean compromise, doesn't mean to avoid. It actually means prosperity. When somebody said peace biblically, it meant that it was to be prosperous. It was meant that we were whole. It was meant that we were healthy in every aspect of life. It meant completeness. They had a word for it, it was shalom. To hear that word meant the peace of God. And it meant everything as it should be. Everything as God intends it to be. Everything that it potentially can be. And that is at war with the world that we live in. There's a great peacemaker that inspires me in the Scriptures in an Old Testament book called Judges. And Judges is a book of many ups and downs of people who chose to follow God and then others who chose not to follow God. And if you pick up the account in Judges chapter 6, you'll find an account of the people of God, the Israelites, have for a long time chosen not to follow God, even in the midst of all the victories that they've experienced, even in the midst of the things that they can't deny, even in the midst of the goodness that they've experienced, they become influenced by the nations around them. Instead of being the influencers, they became the influenced. And they lived a lower level of life instead of the grace that was available to them. 
And so in Judges chapter 6, we pick up the account of this nation, this nation of God that for seven years, could you imagine that? Seven years has been oppressed by a rival nation, a nation called the Midianites. And here's how this nation oppressed the people of God. That no matter what work the people of God did, what they grew, what they provided, what they set their hands to do, when it came time to harvest the Midianites, would bust in, attack and steal. And still the work of the enemy today that you and I and the work that we do, the work in raising children, the work in maintaining relationships, the work in our workplace environments, whatever we're involved in, it seems that we're constantly battling an enemy that wants to come in, take and steal our hard-earned labour. And we pick up the account of a peacemaker in Judges chapter 6, a man named Gideon the most unlikely of people to be chosen as a peacemaker in the Kingdom of God. See, everybody had been hiding, hiding their work. I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you felt like you had to hide what you were working with out of fear. We pick up the account of Gideon in Judges chapter 6 where he is hiding in fear. He is threshing wheat in a wine press out of abstract fear fear that the enemy was going to come in and take what he was doing with his hands. And in that moment of weakness, he has an encounter with the living God. I think it's amazing that God will encounter us on the mountaintops and in the valleys. That God does not wait for us to be qualified. He qualifies us Himself. Here's what you need to do to deserve the love of God. Just receive it. So Gideon has an encounter with God Himself as he's hiding out of fear, as he's trying with all his effort to do something, to protect something from the enemy that is stealing and robbing and taking. And in that moment, he has a visitation from God Himself and says, hey there, valiant warrior. It's amazing that God would call out in us what we don't even see in ourselves. But Gideon reacts Much the same way I would imagine I would react in that scenario. In a scenario where I think my world is anything but peaceful. In a scenario where I think my world is anything but in control. That I've been attacked, harassed. I have no control over the work of my hands and I'm filled with fear. And Gideon has it out with God. Where were you when all this was going on? He vents to God Himself. And God Himself hears him out. God is not too big to hear the honesty of your heart. And the more we lock things away, the more we think that we're here to impress God, the more we lose what He has available now. Gideon lets it all out. He vents. Where were you, God? Where were you to allow this to happen? And God's response to Gideon for a solution for the problem that this nation is facing is I'm sending you to fix it. (laughs) Just be prepared as you start to vent. Be prepared for God to use you as the solution. (laughs) Gideon was called to be a peacemaker. Gideon runs off, he prepares a sacrifice, he comes back, he sacrifices to God. The sacrifice is received and this whole moment breaks out. I'll pick it up in Judges chapter 6, verse 23 to 24. 
as Gideon has had his encounter with God. It says this, It is all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid, you will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there. And he named it Yahweh Shalom. He named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. Not the Lord of peace, not the God who has peace, not just the God who gives peace, but the God who is peace itself. Gideon had had an encounter with peace. He had an encounter with peace in such a way that there was no reason for it to exist. There was no natural earthly reason for him to encounter peace in the middle of oppression and strife. And I want to encourage you, whatever situation you are heading into on Monday in your workplace environment, whatever situation you are heading into, the next time you are confronted with a vital relationship that is being tested and the enemy is working to steal and destroy all that God wants to accomplish, that God is the God of peace. His peace is not avoidance. His peace is not a pulling back. His peace is not a laying down and taking it. His peace is not passive. His peace is active and resistant. His peace is full. His peace believes that there is better, that there is a completeness, there is a wholeness available in God. And because He wants to give it, you can receive it. And if you receive it, you can go with it into whatever environment you find yourself. Peace at work is possible because if peace of God is in you, you have it, you give it so others can receive it. You are called to be a peacemaker in every sphere of influence you're called into. So if I could submit as best I can, what I would feel biblically is a recipe for peace. If I could unpack as best I can what I feel is a recipe for peace, I'd begin with a thought that we, each and every one of us, need to take our peace for ourselves. It's not on others to give us what God has already purchased for us in Christ. It is not on others to lay aside of themselves. It's on others to build us up and believe in us and encourage us, but to actually take hold of all that God has available that is our direct honour ourselves. Take your peace, run with it. It says in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7, don't worry about anything. I need to say this again. Don't worry about anything. Now, I need this to sink in. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, there's a confidence involved in that. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You can't fabricate the peace of God, you just have to receive it. You can't make it up on your own with a mantra that if I could submit a recipe for taking hold of the peace that God has available for you individually, it starts here. So the dichotomy is that we can have our minds filled with worry or we can have our, fire, our minds emptied to receive the peace of God. And there's nobody that makes that choice for you except you. There's nobody else that we can point at 
Because here's the reality of the peace of God. It doesn't matter what is going on externally. You can have the peace of God internally, no matter what. See, the world's peace depends on everything around you going perfectly well. That today has been a good day because everything went well. I woke up on time. My coffee was delicious. Everybody was nice to me at the workplace. I came home and when I got home, my children had cooked dinner for me and set the table. And then they read a bath for me and then they ironed my clothes for the next day. And everything is good because everything is at peace. That is ridiculous. (laughs) I'm still praying for that to happen and it is yet to happen. See, peace, as we understand it in the Kingdom of God, is non-dependable. It's not looking at external circumstance for it to be a reality. So you can encounter the God who is peace, not just of peace, is peace. And if He is peace, He wants to download in your life who He is because you're created in His image. So how do you do it? Well, first off, recognise worry when it comes up. I remember in the workplace, I used to carry so much fear. What do they think about me? Am I doing the right thing? Release it. Give it. it says with prayer and supplication and other translations, there's petitions there. See, prayer is a conversation with God. Nothing more, nothing less. It doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't have to be suitable. It doesn't have to be something that you need to grab a microphone and say publicly. It's something that comes out of your heart with God because God desires a relationship with you. So speak, speak. It's so important to speak because the more we allow things to be pent up on the inside, the more it rules us. It's so interesting that the peacemaker that God chose to visit, Gideon, vented the moment he encountered God. God can take it. He knows what's already in your heart, but it's often through the action of speaking that we become aware of what's going on in our heart. Because the whirlwind goes and as the whirlwind goes, we're just caught up in confusion. It's a prayer, a conversation with God. But in that, it's okay to ask for what you need. It's okay to ask for what you need. Here's what it says to me about God. God wants to help. God wants to invade your space and bring heaven to earth. God wants to make a difference, not just in you, but through you. It's okay to ask for what you need. Remember when Rihanna and I lived by faith as missionaries in the nation of Cambodia. And I remember having the boldness and I thought I was being so selfish to ask God for a set amount to receive every month so that we could live and do our ministry. And it's significant that I didn't start to receive that breakthrough until I started to pray that way. Why not pray that way about your workplace? You want a promotion, start praying into it. It's okay to ask God for what you need. You want a change in the atmosphere. It's okay to ask God for what you need. You have a dream and a desire to set up a business that not only provides for yourself, but provides for your children and your grandchildren. It's okay to ask for that. It's okay. Because as we unpack it and process it and release it, here's what God does. He does a divine exchange. Where there would be worry, He removes worry and He instills peace. And this peace, just so you understand, surpasses all understanding. You know what that means? It doesn't depend on anything else. 
It's not dependent on circumstances and situations going right. It surpasses understanding. I don't understand why I feel peace when I go into the workplace, knowing that I'm working with people that maybe have eyes on my position and might wanna undermine me, but I can be above it because I carry the peace of God. And situations and circumstances will flip. I'm in an environment that is cutthroat and others have to do dodgy things to get ahead. What if I honour God and I carry the peace with me and it unlocks divine favour and opportunities where it doesn't exist because the peace of God surpasses all understanding. God's peace is active, it is not passive. It makes a difference for today. It starts with taking hold of it. It starts with taking what's available. And it begins with that process of unpacking for a divine exchange. I'm sick of carrying the fear and the worry and I wanna release that because you are the God who is peace and He has it available for you. What would I submit next if we were creating a recipe for peace? It'd be this, let peace rule. But to let peace rule, you have to surrender. It says in the book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 to 15. I want you to listen to this. It says, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, that's you, holy and dearly loved, that's you, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Got to let peace rule. Let it rule. There's so much that goes on that would seek to take position of rulership in our life. We you let peace rule? And I would submit out of this Scripture, how do you let peace rule? Well, you work peace. Unpack some thoughts, especially as it relates to our relationships with people around us and the environments that we find ourselves in. Peace takes work. So we're to wear compassion. What a challenge to wear compassion. Compassion means that I will love you even though you do not deserve it. Compassion means that I'll find opportunity to build up when all I wanna do is tear you down. Walk with compassion, wear it like you're wearing a jacket, put it on. I think it's significant the Scripture says to put on because I think God in His goodness is aware that it doesn't come natural to us in our brokenness. But the good news is you can wear it and it fits. It's a perfect fit. Wear compassion. Approach relationships out of compassion. Approach out of kindness. This idea that I will do for others as I wish they would have done for me. Something that defined my life as a youth minister, as a youth pastor was a thought that I came to when I wished that I had somebody who was older than me who had looked out for me. All the guys that I knew older than me beat me up and bullied and tore down. It was scary to get on my bus. I used to miss it on purpose sometimes just so I wasn't invited into that atmosphere. 
And I remember becoming a youth pastor and asking God, what would you say to me? And all he said was, do to those that you wish had been done to you. That's kindness. That's kindness, even though they may not deserve it, even though you don't know why. Be kind. Work peace out of humility. Out of this understanding, I don't have all the answers. Out of this knowledge that I'm so dependent on the grace of God. Humility is authority. Gentleness, patience. Uphold others, forgive when the opportunity is there. Because out of that environment, the peace of Christ rules. Let peace rule. It's enough to take hold of it. It's enough to do the process to exchange worry for peace. We've got to work it. Got to work it. Put on the things necessary that lead to a life that is ruled by peace. And He unlocks divine opportunity. And if I could finish with this thought, bring peace with you wherever you go. There's a great portion of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 that talks about the whole armour of God. Significant that this whole armour of God is talked about in reference to living a life of authority, living a life out of everything that God has made available for each and every one of us as peacemakers in whatever environment we find ourselves in. And in this, here's the challenge, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place. But verse 15, and with the feet fitted, with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Gospel of peace is something that you get to carry with you wherever you go. I think it's significant that in the picture of unlocking what it means to live a victorious life in Jesus, that we put on these things that we may not have naturally had, but God wants to give. And it's significant that the boots that we wear, spiritually, figuratively, as an example, are boots of peace. And I'm mindful that whatever situation and circumstance I happen to walk into, I step into it with an opportunity to bring the peace of God. See, wherever you are now, whatever state you're in, there is an opportunity for you to put on the peace of God and walk into environments that others would run from, that others would be led by fear out of. That is an opportunity for you to be like Gideon, to confront issues as they come up, to unpack and process, but to take God at His Word. He is a God who is peace. And you get to carry Him in with you to environments that have not experienced it. The book of Romans chapter 16, verse 20, says something that blows my mind. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I gotta say that again, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I wanna say that your is you. He's not just talking to me, He's talking to you. He's the God of peace and He wants to crush Satan. There is an enemy. Like the enemies of Gideon who are seeking to strip you of your effectiveness, your productivity, your ability to create out of your life the goodness that God has available. And the good news is that through the boots of the Gospel, you can tread on the work of Satan himself. They will seek to rob you of your purpose and your destiny and your grace. And out of that, step into the future that God is creating through you. Step and walk by faith, not by sight. 
And as you step and you walk, you crush the work of the enemy as you go. It's not like you're picking a fight with the enemy. It's not like you're walking around with a magnifying glass saying, where is the enemy? Just walk. And you'll be surprised when you hit the crunching of His head under your feet. Just walk. Walk it. Walk it into every environment that you're in. If I could submit a recipe for peace, take hold of it, let it rule, work it, work it, and then walk it. He's a God who is peace. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.